And uh, let's, let's get right into this this morning. And kind of Vicky was preaching my message a little bit. So I guess we'll, I guess it won't, won't go for the extra hour then. Vicky will, she filled us in. But in our, our little bit of time together, I want to just take a moment and just share with you. Just We're going to continue on on this. And again, everything God does is from the inside out, correct? Right? Everything God does, if he's going to speak to us, is he going to lead us, if he's going to reveal who he is and what he's done, it's all going to be on the inside. So that's why the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, prayed in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light. Other translation, I believe the Amplified brings out that the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. And that's what we need. We need to see what God has already done. Because if you really think about it, God has done everything he's going to do about the devil. God has done everything he's going to do about your salvation. And I don't just mean, you know, missing hell and going to heaven. Salvation is sozo. And there's nine words that the Greek and Hebrew bring out. And it means deliverance, safety, preservation, deliverance, soundness, wholeness, healing. All of it is wrapped up in that one word, sozo. So rather in the Christian life, again, we did this a little while ago. I'm not going to go into it. But this is so crucial for us. Rather than the Christian lifestyle being, I need to get something from God. When you start going into the word of God and finding out and going, God, I want a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I want to see what you've done. I want to see who you are. I want to know the inheritance that you've placed in me. God, open my eyes to it. Christianity changes completely rather into a gimme, gimme, gimme. It now comes into this place going, this is what he's done. How can I release now what he's already done for me? That's good news, y'all. This is, this is it. And again, the gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is not one day God going to do something for us. The gospel isn't, you know, if you do good enough, God will help you. The gospel is God has already done everything he's going to do for concerning you and me. Spirit soul and body. He's taking care of your entire being. Your spirit is saved. How many are you thankful for that? It's saved. That thing is whole. It's well, wall to wall. Jesus, it looks just like him. Right now, what, what's, what are we involved in is now the transforming or the renewing of our mind. Our souls need to be saved. Is that God's job? No, we give him access and of course he'll do it, but he needs again access to do it. And our body, is it saved? No. It's going to be saved one day. That glorious day when Jesus comes back for his bride. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to get these brand new spanking bodies. You're going to be looking at each other going, man, you look good. No, you look good. No, you look good. We all just look just like him. And we got these new glorified bodies. And that's on the way. So, boy, Christians, we got a hope, don't we? And if you have a loved one that went home to be with the Lord, they're okay. And guess what? They're coming back to get a new body. And then we're going to forever be with them. Man, it's good news. This is the gospel. And so what we've been talking about over the course of this time, again, with Encounter, is getting ready. We are getting ready on the inside because everything, again, God does is from the inside out. So let's look at these verses again in Proverbs chapter 4. And you may be thinking, well, we've read these scriptures so much. Yeah, but that's how mind renewal comes in. You go over it again and again and again and again to the point of where you hear Proverbs chapter 4. Instantly you think, my son, attend to my words. You, you want to get to that place where it's so on the inside of you that when you even just think Proverbs chapter 4, this instantly is where my mind goes. When somebody says Proverbs 4, I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to guard my heart. It's, we want to get that on the inside. That's how mind change takes place. And this is, again, what God said. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Again, when there are so many words that are out there, so many people talking out there, God is still calling you and I, hey, pay attention to what I say. 
Don't listen just to the news. Don't listen to what's going on out there. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm telling you to do. Why? Verse 21, it says, do not let them out of your sight. But notice this, keep them within. Verse 21 says this, keep them within your heart. And over the course of these weeks, we've talked about what a guard does. What does a guard do? It keeps things out that need to be out. But guards also keep things in that need to be in. So you and I, this is something the Lord drilled to me these past couple weeks, is you are the guard to your heart. Now, why is it so important to keep these words within your heart? He says they are life. His word is what? Life. What kind of life? The Zoe life, the God kind of life is found in his word. Verse 22, they are life unto those who find them. And he says, health to one's entire body. So do we agree here that the word of God is life to everybody? Is it health to everybody? How come only few find it then? It's because God put a stipulation, you have to find it. And that's part of the finding is you and me pressing into it because, again, we don't just throw what's precious to swine because they'll just trample over it. The word of God is so precious. It's so valuable. Therefore, we have to treat it that way. Right? And, again, you could read through the book of Psalms, especially Psalm 119, and you find over and over the value that the psalm must put on the word of God. I love your word more than I love all the wealth in the world. Lord, I go after your word more than any other rich or any other treasure I could find. Your word is what I'm going after. You see the value he puts on the word. And when you honor the word, the word honors you. And that is a profound thing. Again, you can read that through the book of Proverbs because what's found when you honor the word of God, well, life and riches are in her right hand. Hello, somebody. What's everybody looking for? They're looking for wealth. They're looking for honor. They're looking for health. They're looking all for that, but they're looking in the wrong place. If you look to honor and exalt the word of God, it gets added to you. Are we all good this morning? You, you pick it up what I'm throwing down? Okay. And then verse 23. Above all else, can you say it with me? Above all else, above anything else in this entire life, what do we do? We guard our heart. Why? Because everything, say it with me, everything, everything we do flows from it. Everything I do flows from it. So wherever you are today, the good, the bad, and the ugly is all because of where my heart has brought me. This will, again, this will change the way we're thinking. Rather than life just happening to you and I, that's not what the scripture tells us. Of course, there are things that happen that you and I, completely out of our control. But what is in my control is the way that I respond to a situation. I need to make sure my heart is proper. Again, why is this so crucial? we got to focus so much what's going on, the inside of us, because if I have the right heart, I'll make the right decisions with money. Hello. It's not just education. If I have the right heart, I'll make the right choices with relationships. If I have a right heart, I'll make the right relationships in, you know, with my marriage and my, with my children. Everything comes from the heart. I parent where? From my heart. I'm a husband to my wife where? From my heart. It all comes from here. I'm a friend to, to whosoever where from? From my heart. Everything I do flows from it. Everything. The choices I make regarding work, where does it flow from? My heart. And that's why God tells us to guard it. Because this is what's going to happen. There's a lot of temptations out there. Oh, people are just moving for 25 cents more an hour to go somewhere else there, pull their kids and family from a good church, and they go over there for 25 more cents an hour and wonder, why is my life a mess? Well, it's because of this job. It's because of my wife. It's because of my kids. Blah, 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 blah. Go down the line. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's in your heart? 
I, I, need, I need more money, and we're going to get into that today. I just need more. I need more. I need more. And if that's the source, if that's what's going on, on the inside, it's affecting the decisions that we're making. So we've got to take time to look at what's going on inside of us to make sure that every decision I'm making is in line with what I believe from the Word of God. We're all good? We're good? We're happy? We can high-five each other? We're, we're okay? Okay. Now, let's go here. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to read this part here again. But in Matthew 13, again, it reveals what every human being on the face of this planet it reveals their heart condition. One of these four is where everybody's at. doesn't matter if they're a believer or a part of the world. Everybody fits into this category. Okay? So let's read it here. Matthew 13, verse 1. It says, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught the people, and he stood there on the shore. He told them many stories in the form of parables such as this one. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across this field, some seeds fell on, a, fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. Since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much has been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, the hard ground, again, we went over this a few weeks ago. The hard ground is what? It's people that have these hard hearts. You could say most of the world would say have these hard hearts, meaning this, there is no value for God and his ways. Could we all agree on that? So what are we doing? Basically just throwing seeds at somebody's head. Nothing's going to get planted. Nothing's going to get in there. Nothing can impact that soil, right? It's hard. Secondly now is the shallow ground. So they hear the word. They get excited. Now I want you just to notice this when you read this, and maybe you're just doing some study on this, but notice the progression of how these individuals are. I mean, I don't think it's 25% people like this, 25% people like this, 25% like this, and then 25% like this. I think you have a majority of people that kind of view the word of God from this wayside heart where this hard heart, they just don't have the time or the value for the word of God and his things. You can see that throughout our culture, right? And then you go to the next one. Well, these guys heard the word. They got excited about it. Woo, yeah. So you can see there's a bit of progression taking place. <gasps> they got excited about the word. They heard the word. They shouted about it. Come on, preach it. That's what I'm talking about. That's delicious and all those things, right? They get excited about the word of God. But then when the troubles and the persecutions come, for the word's sake, it says immediately they are offended. So this offense now splits them away from the life-giving source of the word of God. And now what happens? They fall away. So troubles and trials and persecutions and all the hard things that come, the pressure comes on, right? What does it try to do? Separate you from the word of God. Separate you from any relationship that would give you life, right? That's all true. So what does this person need? They need to have deeper roots. What's my roots? Come on, somebody tell me. What's the roots? More specifically, those are good Christian answers. What are my roots as a believer? I am loved by God. Can you say it with me? I am loved by God. That is my root. No matter what they say against me, right? And you know, the, um, the word that Luke uses says that they lack moisture. 
So what's this thing? They're lacking moisture. They're looking for affirmation from the outside. They're looking for external things to water me. Tell me how good I am. Affirm me. And if you don't affirm me, I cancel you. That's the culture that's celebrated today. And if you can't find anything to cancel, we'll help you find something to cancel. It's obsessed with the way people aren't affirming me. They're not telling me how good I am or how pretty I look or whatever. It's all shallow Christianity. They didn't say hi to me. Shallow. And what is a deep person in the eyes of God? Somebody who knows how loved I am by Almighty God. What they don't know is I have myself planted. My roots go down deep and I'm planted over here in this well big brook of water where I'm getting fed from the word of God. He loves me. He cares for me. That's why I produce regularly. Now this third soil that we're going to go into today about the thorny ground, this is a, this is a big one. <laughs> and I want to just take the, the last bit of time that I have with us this morning just to go over it. Because again, looking at the word of God, does the word of God fail? No. Can it fail? No. no, it can't. So if the seed is fine, and the seed is incorruptible. If the seed works, I need to again check up what's going on on the inside. Right? That all make sense? We understand that? Because again, we said this last week, that's where a lot of people are, where they blame and they'll just say, must be the sovereignty of God, why I'm not seeing the results, why I'm not getting what I'm supposed to be getting. I prayed and it just didn't work. It must not be God's will this time. That's all excuses to explain why I didn't receive something. When Jesus, this is what I, this is so amazing about our God, is he gives you the why. Why isn't it working? Again, this, is, this would be a good question for it. Why am I not seeing the results? I've prayed. What's going on? You can't just judge that from the outside. And what we're going to be talking about today, this is a big one because, again, Christians, we always kind of find, well, we pray, we believe God, and they didn't get it. What's going on? Something must be wrong. And people get offended by the word on that, and they go, well, I guess this God thing is just a big hoax. Stop we got to go back to the Word and let Jesus explain to us why it's not working. Can we get that? Rather than just blaming God or just, okay, I'm, I'm, this church thing is just a hoax. I'm, I'm done with this stuff. Hold on a sec. Let's go to what Jesus said in his Word and find out. Because you don't know what's going on in everybody's life. It's, it comes from the heart. right? Jesus talked about healing begins in the heart. This is where it all transpires. And another thing, just to even kind of Throw this on there on too. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. This is where it begins. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Life and death are here in my words. Okay, now let's, let's get into this a little bit. Now, the thorny ground, Matthew 13, 22. Let's look here now. It says the seed, this is when Jesus went to explain to his disciples why this parable, explaining what this parable meant. He says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. Notice they heard it. Well done, right? They, they're hearing the word. It says, too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and so no fruit is produced. So let's stop here for a moment. What's the problem? The problem is it's a crowded heart. I want to just read this to you from Mark's account for a second. I don't have that on the screen. But Mark's account, I just, I like the way that this, this says it a little bit differently. In Mark chapter 4, verse 19, in the New King James Bible, it says it like this. When the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Now listen up. Entering in. Say it with me. Entering in. 
What happens when the desires for wealth or the worries of life or the desire for other things, when it enters in, what does it do to the word, the seed of the word? It chokes it. I want you to get a real image of this, right? All of a sudden, I got the word, I heard the word. Oh, praise God, everything's good. I just love church. And you're just, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, you get hit with these news. Hey, we're repossessing your house. <clears throat> I know it's pretty, pretty drastic. Maybe something, you lost your job. Or somebody scandaled you and you lost five grand. <gasps> what am I going to do? And immediately, something just entered in. And what is the point of all this? <clears throat> to choke and to suffocate this word. Because notice, at some point, these guys are getting results. It's like the seed is producing. There's results growing. But I love the way that Jesus said it in Mark 4. Something is entering in. And again, what is the problem? Who am I? I'm the guard to my heart. Come on, say it with me. I'm the guard. I'm the guard to my heart. And kind of what, even what Vicky was just sharing in her testimony. She said, when I heard the report of what the doctor had to say, what came in? What comes on? Wait, listen, when you hear words, don't just think they're just something that just goes in one ear and one out the other. There's a destination involved in every word that's being spoken. Fear again, specifically, where is fear trying to go? It's trying to make its way to my heart. And if it's got access to it, what does it do to the word? It chokes the word up. Anybody ever been there before? Oh, man, I've been there. All of a sudden, like, you, a situation come. Maybe you heard a bad report or something freaky or nasty came your way. And all of a sudden, you're just built up and you're just... Trying to remember a scripture and you're just, Jesus wept. It's the only thing you got. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. It's all that you can think of. Why? Because this fear just came in and just choked everything that you had on the inside of you. You're just trying to form scriptures and you're just, by his, Jesus, love God, Jesus wept. There's nothing there. Anybody ever experienced that? I've been there. And you try speaking the word, it's like not, nothing's there. Why is that? Something got in. That ought not be in. And again, who's the guard of my heart? I'm the guard. God's not the guard of my heart. God's not controlling my heart and putting in front of me TV. or th I'm in charge of what's going on on the inside. I'm in charge. Say it with me. I'm in charge of my heart. It's crucial, again, like what we said before, that wherever I am right now in life, it's because of my heart. And the condition of my heart is going to carry me into the future. If I don't like where I'm going, guess where I need to change? I need to check up on the inside. Make sure my heart is in a right place with the Lord. Make sure my heart is in a place that I want him for direction. If it's not there, we'll be making dumb decisions on a regular basis. Does that make sense? It's like Adam and Eve trying to sew fig leaves together to clothe themselves. How's that working out for you? Don't work, right? Okay. So now what's the problem with this? Something else got in. What got past the guard the worries of life. Come on, let's just, let's just nail it down for what Jesus... Bible is not complicated. When you see the 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe it even talks about, Paul explaining to the Corinthians that there's a simplicity in Christ. If things get too complicated, look for the enemy. It's very simple. What Jesus does, who he is, what he says, it's very simple. So we're not going to complicate this. Is don't try to like, add things to this. What God passed the guard... My eyes or my ears. What got in and I allowed in? The worries of life. The second thing would be this. The deceitfulness of riches. 
What is that? Deceitfulness of riches is just something, if I just, if listening to that lie, if I just had a little bit more, if I just worked another 50 hours a week on top of my 40, I could get that boat. If I just, if I just did a little bit more, I'd be okay. What is that? That's the deceitfulness of riches. It's a lie because one is enough. The problem with the flesh is it wants more. When you finally got that thing that you wanted, guess what? Just a little bit more, and you could probably get that over there. <gasps> yeah, let's do it. See you, family. i got to work an extra 70 hours this week to get that. It's a deceitfulness of riches. And then the last thing Jesus said, the desire for other things. What does that simply mean? Anything that takes our desire other than him, number one, desiring for other things is absolutely Wrong. It becomes an idol. It becomes a thing I'm obsessed about. The thing that I think about more than anything else other than him becomes a desire for other things. So let me just, let me just read these things out again. These are the things that got past the guard. And it may sound something like this. What am I going to do if I just had a little bit more and look what they have? Maybe I could get the same thing if I just did this. Those things right there entering in what does it do to the word? It chokes the word, and the Bible said, leaving it unfruitful. So you can be confessing all you want, but if any of these things get in, what is it doing to the word? It chokes the word, making, making the word unfruitful. So therefore, the word, is it working? It's not working. Now, all these three areas... The common denominator between the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things, the common denominator in all these is the concern of my provision. Where am I going to get it? And if you go a little bit more in depth on that, it's actually not so much a provision issue, it's a provider issue. How am I going to get this? Who's going to get this to me? How... Nobody else has helped me. I guess i got to just put on all that extra. And what happens is now you become the source and the provider for your own life. There's something about mankind to this day where they just have this, huh, look at me, I work 60 hours. I build fire on my own. <laughs> I big, I tough, I wear tight, stretchy pants. Like, there's just this arrogance about mankind today. that I have to prove what I can do. And the reason why the word is choked is because the grace of God's word, the seed, the grace of the seed of the word of God will not and cannot work in a self-righteousness mentality in a heart full of I can do this on my own. It does not work. Everything that we have from today that you're enjoying is a gift from God. The clothes that you have on your body, it all came from him. Well, I put 70 hours this past week. That don't matter. Who gave you the legs to actually do the job? Who gave you the hands to do it? Who gave you the eyes to look at it? It all is a gift from God. And as long as I keep this self-righteous mentality, the grace of God is not able to work in that. That's why it's choked. Now, let's look at this. In the word of God, you find out the word thorns actually comes up in a very unique and specific places in the word of God. And let's go into that. The word thorn. Thorns. Can you say it with me? Thorns. Anybody enjoy a good thorn? <laughs> can't stand them. And we're going to find out here what, what happened to all this. The word thorns comes up in Scripture in very unique points. So let's go back to almost the very beginning, Genesis chapter 2. Is that beginning enough? Yeah. All right, I think that's, that's kind of it. But in Genesis chapter 2, let's turn there for a moment. And I want to just show you a couple of these verses. And I want to show you the intention that God had in regards to creation, in regards to you and I. 
Now, if you really want to find out what God's called us and intended us to be and live and enjoy, go back to the beginning. Right? Look back to how God created this whole thing to begin with and what he wanted to do. So, I mean, again, if you just look at it, it's, Genesis is, is, I love the book of Genesis, specifically one, two, three, four, like just really understanding the heart of God in Genesis chapter one and two, seeing what he did. I mean, he spoke, there was darkness. All he had to do was say, light be. And what happened? At that moment, 186,000 miles a second, the presence of God just came in. And guess what it's doing today? That word light be that God spoke, I mean, 6,000 years for us roughly creation-wise, it's still producing light down into galaxies where you listen to scientists and they talk about there's no end to this thing. You know why? You can't keep up with it. 186,000 miles a second? I mean, I've seen Usain Bolt run, but that ain't, that ain't no... That ain't no sprint speed. That is fast. And it's continuing on today. Every second. 186,000 miles a second. 180, you can't even say 186,000 miles in a second in a second. 186,000 miles in a second. 186,000 Continually. This is our God. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's, we're going to see him real soon. Now, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8... Now, again, this is after God created in the six days. And how did God speak about those six days? It was good. It was good. It was good. He got to day six. It was very good because mankind was on the scene. And on day seven, what did he say about day seven? It's holy. There's holy about our rest. Now, we get through all that and you find, okay, God breathed into this man, Adam. Right? It wasn't like God was blowing into a balloon. <laughs> Wake up, CPR, do a little CPR on Adam. Try to get him revived. God spoke to him. He says, uh, Genesis chapter 128, he says, let us make man our image. And then it says, you know, God blessed him and God said to him, be fruitful, multiply. And those very words were the first words that mankind ever heard and it brought the life of God to them and they were, there they were. And Genesis 2.7 says, they were speaking spirits just like God, made in his image, just like him, to be the under rulers on this planet. Now, look at verse 8. It says, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And notice this. There he placed the man that he made. God created this beautiful garden. If you read, we'll go, I'll get there in a sec. But if you just read more and more into this, it finds out there is four different, there's a river that flows through. And they kind of splits into four. And one is called Pishon. And in that, you actually find that is where the purest gold is found. Like living in God's garden Woo! Man, that'd be a good time. And then look at this, verse 9. It says, the Lord God, he made, now just listen to the words on this. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. From where? Come on, from where? The ground. I want to just point this out here for a moment because this is what the way God chose to supply every need that mankind would ever need. Where does it come from? The ground. The ground. It came from the ground. Now I want you to see here, trees, notice he's going to talk about trees that were beautiful and trees that produced delicious fruit. So I had actually a friend of mine, we were talking about this, this was a little while ago, and he brought out this idea. He said, I was just actually meditating on this verse, that trees that were beautiful, and it says he was meditating on it and thinking a little bit about it, and all of a sudden he looked out his window and he just thought, man, look, these trees... 
they're, it's, look at this view. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. And the way that the Lord was just con, you know, sharing and convicting him on, he says a lot of times that the world has cheapened my creation and they're looking to be entertained through now TV, through any kind of media source, where you and I were actually designed to sit on a deck for hours and stare at creation. And what? And rest. And just sit there and just look at creation and go, wow. Look at all of those. Look at those trees. Look, man, look at that. And what's the message that the trees are speaking? Look how big. Look how good. Look how kind our God is. And these trees, the ones that he was describing, like just like you know, spruce trees, the ones that we got, they're not doing anything for me in regards to fruit. I'm not eating acorns today. What are they there for? When you go to the mountains, it's amazing. When Jamie and I, we went to uh, Golden uh, this past spring, and just looking at it, when you get there, it's just, it's quiet. You hear the rivers, you just see the trees, and it's like, man. Like, all of creation, no wonder, you could, God's, God's glory, his goodness is expressed through all creation. But what happened is we've cheapened it. Something else got in, and now we have to be entertained on a regular basis because we're bored at the drop of a hat. Anyway, moving on. The, the beautiful was, and that it produced delicious fruit. So what is God doing? He's telling the ground. Ground, give these people something to look at. Ground, give these people something to eat that they would enjoy. That's what God's telling the ground to do. Ground, produce it. Ground, make them look at it and go, whoa, look at this thing. Whoa, look at that one. This is what God is telling the ground to do. Okay, I want you to really get the ground. This is what he's telling it to do. And then again, middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the knowledge of good of evil. Now let's skip down a little bit. Go to look at verse 15. And it says this, the Lord God placed the man, notice this, he placed him where? In this garden to do two things. What was he called to do? To tend it and to? Where else have we heard the watch over it? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard, watch over your heart. When God told Adam, watch over it, what's he doing? Snake's coming. Snake's coming. Something from the outside is going to try to get in. Guard it. Watch over this thing. And it's the same thing for you and I. He says, here's your heart. I gave my life for you so I could have your heart. You gave it to me. Here's your heart. This is the garden for your life. The Bible even talks about in 1 Corinthians 3 that we are the, the house of God, but we are also God's garden. I'm his garden. This heart that I have, it's a garden of Eden for me. Can you see that? This is where I eat from. This is where my decision's made. This is where my words come out. It all comes from my garden. So God's telling you and I, guard it. Why? Because something else is going to try to get in here. Protect it. Guard it. Why? Snake's coming. Come on, say it with me. Snake's coming. He's going to do everything he can to get into that heart and mess it up. But I want you to see, even in paradise... Even in absolute perfection, man still had two things. He had a job. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Say it with me, job. He had a job, J-O-B, work. And he was told to watch over it. He had, you literally, you had one job. Watch over the thing. That was your job. Here's it. You're going to tend it, look after it, and you're going to look after this thing. Now, we, of course, know what happened in Genesis chapter 3. All of a sudden, the serpent came in, and what did he say? He told one lie. What was that lie? Hey, you won't be. This is what he told Eve. He said, hey, did God tell you not to eat from this? Eve says, oh, yeah, we can't even eat it or touch it or we'll die. 
And then the serpent says, no, you won't die. For when you eat of the tree, you will become just like God. Lie. Lie. Come on, say it with me. That's the lie. That's the lie right there. And what happened? Outside voice coming in. And what's God's word say? Heed. Pay attention to what I say. Listen to what I'm telling you. Let not your heart depart from it. Incline your ear to it. Listen to me. Listen to me. You won't you'll be just like God. Lie. What's happening? Something's trying to get in. Just trying to get in, trying to get into that access point. And what happened? Eve ate of that fruit. But here, here's the thing. A lot of times, you know, you could read that and go, Adam was just so far away. And Eve said, hey, try this fruit. It's delicious. And he was deceived. No, Adam knew exactly what he was doing. Eyes wide open, knew the snake was right there, saw that he was deceiving Eve. And he took and he ate of the fruit as well. And in Genesis chapter 3, you find out all the things that God said to the serpent. They'll never walk again. Hate snakes. Stupid animal. Then he talked to the, to the woman. But then he talked to Adam a little different. I want you to look at this. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, this is now what happened because of the result of disobeying or allowing an outside voice in to the heart. Ready? And to the man, God said this, since you listened to your wife, or outside voice came in. Come on, y'all, you seeing this? It's so subtle. And again, what did the apple, was it the good part of the apple or the bad part of the apple? I think, man, that all of a sudden the clouds opened up and the sun just hit that apple just right and it got a beautiful glare. And oh, I don't know if it was an apple or what. I, I have no idea. But you, you pick that piece of fruit and oh, it looks delicious. He always shows the good side of it. Yeah. Worry to Christians looks like it's a good thing to do. Oh, you worry? Spot on. Good. I'm glad somebody's caring about this country. Somebody's got to worry about who's prime minister around here. Somebody's got to worry who's the premier around here. Are you kidding me? If that becomes... Oh, Word's gone. <laughs> All right. Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. Now listen to these words. We know we've been here for a while. But this is the first time man has ever heard this word, the ground. Say it with me, the ground. What was the ground for? Ground produced trees for them that they're nice to look at. Ground produced fruit for them that they could eat good things. The ground now is cursed. It's cursed because of you all your life. Listen to these words. All of your life. He lived 930 years. All of your natural life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Other translations, I think the New King James says it like this. Um, Painful toil will be your life. Painful toil. And then look at verse 18. It says, it will grow. The ground will grow what? Thorns and thistles. For who? For you. <laughs> Though you will eat of its grains. And then verse 19. Again, by the sweat of your brow, you will have to eat or you'll have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. I bet you Adam just looked up at God and said, what's sweat? Honestly, what was Adam's life? Up to that time? Like, don't just think, okay, God created the earth in six days. Saturday, he finished it. Sunday, he rested. And then by Wednesday, Adam screwed this whole thing up. He may have been in the garden for a long time. But what happened? The guard went down. The guard dropped. And at that moment, when that word came in and he heeded that word, the result of it now is you're going to have to sweat for everything that you get. 
And that's been the curse. What is the curse of all mankind? Is you are going to have to work hard for a living. You're going to have to scratch. You're going to have to toil. You're going to have to claw your way to get anything producing in your life. You're going to have to put in that 100 hours a week just to see a table for food to go on. And that's the curse of all mankind. So we see thorns and the cares and the worries and the desire for other things. Again, what's the problem with all this? It's a provider problem. Well, God's, I gotta, who cares about God? I need this stuff. I need to see it. So God's not going to get it from me. Well, I'll do it my own self. You know, it takes hard work to get this stuff around around here. You think money grows off trees? All of these phrases that, we, that we've heard or heard on TV and kind of go, oh, that's so funny. It's so true. It's so true. It's part of the curse. Because, again, what were we designed to do? To sit back on a deck, look for hours at these trees and go, wow, God is good, and have everything provided for us because that's who our God is. He's a provider. He didn't put us in this shaggy little area. He put us in the most beautiful garden. And he says, now in this garden, I want you to take the culture and the atmosphere from what you're seeing here and expand it globally. That was the global call. Yeah. What happened? He messed it up. But I want you to see here, you see thorns in this point here. And where else do you see thorns in the Bible? In a very unique position? In our redemption. What did they do when they were beating him, putting whips across his back? It says the soldiers came and they twisted and they put together a crown of thorns and it says they beat it on his head. They were striking him on the head with these reeds to hammer and to push in these crown of thorns. For why? So that those that who are part of Christ Jesus no longer cursed. You accept Jesus, it says that Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse, which is what? I mean, it's spiritual death sickness, and poverty. That's, those are the big three. But also all these other things of, I have to prove my way. I have to do something in order to see something in my life. That is part of the curse. The worries of life, the being overwhelmed and consumed with, how is this going to work? How am I going to raise a family? How do I raise kids in this godless culture? How am I going to do all of, all of that care Jesus took? And as long as you keep wearing your own crown of thorns and look what I'm building, look how I'm worrying, look how I'm going to build this, look how I'm building my family, look how I'm doing this, I'm building my business, I'm building this, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. You're doing all that and what you're doing is you're putting on yourself a crown of thorns and everybody's just, you just worked your butt off and now you have no family, your wife hates you, kids don't want to be around you, you think that's success? It's a curse. And that's the best mankind can do is heap upon, heap on themselves of building an own crown of thorns where Jesus said, give me that. I took that. Rest in what I've done. It's a total different way of living. But these are the worries and concerns that come in and choke the word. Are we going to pray about this election? Absolutely we're going to pray about the election. But what I will not do, whoever gets in, whether it's a person I want or not, I will not fear. I refuse to worry. I refuse to go, oh, I wonder what's going to happen for us. Refuse it. Why? Something's trying to get in. God is our source no matter who or what is in power. It does not matter. Here's the great thing about us. If, we, if the person that God wants to be in there doesn't get in there, guess what? We can just prime out. I'll leave that there. Now, let me just read you this verse here, Proverbs 21, 34. I want you just to see this. This is a word that Jesus gave, and I'm, I'm done. Oh, I'm done in five minutes. It says, verse 34, be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. You guys able to get that down there? Luke 21, 34. It says, be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Remain passionate and free. Now, listen, from anxiety and the worries of this life. 
then you will not be caught off guard by what happens. Now, that's not the, I don't have the right translation. Okay, here it is. I think I, it says, be careful that your hearts never grow cold. Be careful that you are not caught off guard or your hearts will be weighed down, listen to this, with carousing, drunkenness, and the worries of this life. So just hear me out for a sec. What are drunkenness and carousing? It's kind of wildest partying living. And what's the problem with that? It's external substances coming into your body, causing your heart to be weighed down, right, with drunkenness. But in all of those things, guess what else he says? The worries of this life. The worries of life are the same thing as might as well just go get drunk. It's the same effect that it does to your heart. You see, this is what Jesus said. Remain passionate and free from the anxieties. I have the wrong translation. Sorry, guys. But it just talks about the carousiness uh, and the, uh, being weighted down by the worries of this life. This is what the outside things are trying to do. It's trying to weigh your heart down. Refuse it. So now, what do I do if there are thorns in? What do I do? First of all, I got to be quick to identify them. Quick to identify him. Can you say it with me? Quick to identify him. And how would you identify him? By saying this. The moment you hear yourself say, how am I gonna catch it? Go, wait a minute. That's, a, that's an inch thorn that's trying to go. Pull it out now rather than letting it dwell and fester forever how long it is. Because listen, those thorns, anybody go on vacation and you all of a sudden you step on a thorn in your backyard and go, oh, that stupid thing. Listen, you know what the crazy thing is? The ground just produces thorns and thistles. Anybody go to Home Depot and go, hey, I'm looking for some thistles seeds. Anybody got any? I don't even think you can buy thistle seeds. You walk into a field. You walk into like just a big area. And what's the thing that's prominently there? Thistles. Why? Because the ground just grows them. And if they're not picked when they're an inch long, after you step on it and want to hit somebody, you're supposed to pluck it out right now. And it takes probably your thumb and your, your finger to whoop, pull that thing out. But if you let it fester, you go away for a couple of weeks, you come back after you know, two weeks of holidays, and you come back, you look at that weed, how does it grow? I'm trying to get my daisies to grow. I don't know any of the flowers. <laughs> I don't garden. <laughs> I can't get any of that to grow, and this weed is just sprouting. How does it do that? Yeah. It just does. It's just in there, and it festers and it festers. Pull it out. And the second way now is, what's the way to pull things out? You have to come into this place of humility. Humility is always the way forward. Always the way forward. And look at this in 1 Peter chapter 5. Let me read this. Pride carries the care. Humility casts the care. Pride carries the care. So while we're thinking and we're going, how am I going to do this? Thinking that we're good parents. Or thinking that we're good you know, business leaders or that we're good bosses. I care about my employees. I, ca I care, I care, I care. i got to make sure things are right for them. I care, I care, I care. Guess what that all is? It's pride. It's pride. Thinking that you have the ability to fix it. Where humility casts. So look at this. In the same way, younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant. Because God Resists you when you are proud, but multiplies what? Grace and favor when you are humble. So he says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, 
He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Verse 7, pour out all, say with me, all, not just the small ones, everything you can think of. Any worry that will concern you, pour, pour them all out. Where? And the stress upon him. And what? Leave it there. Why? For he tenderly cares for you. He's my caretaker. He takes care of me. He takes care of my family. He takes care of my finances if he has access. That's the thing. He needs access. Oh, Lord, I just care about what's going on. I, got, I don't know how I'm going to get this money. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this vacation. I, I don't know how I'm going to do Stop. Stop. What is that? What's it doing to the word? It's choking the word, leaving it unfruitful. So what do we do? Recognize it. Go, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Something's trying to get in. Stop. No, 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 no. God, you are my source. You are my refuge. You are my light. You are my strength. Hold on. I'm not going down that road. That's who you are to me, God. So I'm just going to, this, this, this care right here, I'm going to actually just, here you go, and I'm going to leave it there with you because I trust you with it. And guess what I do now? I never touch it again. I'm not going to pray about it again. Ha. Uh, come on. This is big. God, I'm just... I'm just, what happens the moment you start praying about it again, sounding Christian, but you know what it is? I'm just going to take that back because clearly you don't know what you're doing. I do. That's exactly what it is. Once you give it to him, leave it there, and you don't have to go, also, God, that thing I gave to you a couple weeks ago, shut up. What's my job? Guard. I'm guarding my garden. No serpent is getting in. No snake no evil word has access to this heart. I shut it off. Shut it off. Say with me. Shut it off. Zip it. Cut it off. I give it no access. Why? Because I want my garden to be pure. Amen? I'm sweating. By the sweat of my brow, I hope that you got something this morning. All right. Let's pray. Father, we just love you so much this morning. Thank you for your word that you're watching again over it to perform it in our lives. Father, we just acknowledge you as king. We acknowledge you as Lord. Jesus, we just love you with all of our hearts. And we ask you, sir, that if there's anything in us that we're carrying worry or carrying uh, just the deceitfulness of riches or the desire for other things, Lord, reveal it to us. We want that out because we want your word to produce a harvest in our life. Amen. Jesus, we love you and we give you glory. Come, just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I cast my care, all of them, every stress, everything, that concerns me, my family, the finances, my health, my mental health, I cast that over on you because you care for me. And I leave it there knowing you're good, you're faithful, and you'll take care of it. And now I rest in who you are, the good and faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome, Julian.